But okay, we're here with my friend, uh, my training partner now for, I don't know, almost probably almost coming up two years yeah. that I've known you, uh, Bryce Meredith. And uh, Bryce was a four-time state champion and three-time Division One All-American from Wyoming. And you were in the finals twice, right? Yes, sir. Two times. Damn, that's badass. And you're just coming from uh, Brandon's gym. We are just talking about what's different working with him. He fucking, I mean, dude. Like I told you, I wish I would have found him early on in my career. There's rarely strength conditioning coaches that you go to and you leave the you leave the workout feeling better. You agree? Absolutely. I mean, he like, you know, we were talking about it and I think it's just he does such an amazing job at controlling your energy output, input, what we're doing, breath work, all this kind of stuff and you know, I always before, and there's no knock on my college strength coaches because they were good guys and they did what they can. But when you have 30 dudes, they all come from a school of thought that it's like, am I good? Yeah. You know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it comes from a school of thought that like, we got to do a lot of Olympic weight lifts, you know, like a lot of cleans, a lot of squats, a lot of this. And for me, I mean, it must, I mean, it works, obviously. I don't think Olympic lifts are bad and I think you should implement some of them and stuff like that. But a lot of times... When I was doing just like heavy Olympic weightlifting and stuff, I hated it. I didn't really feel that much stronger. I felt like I would kind of like hurt my back a little bit more often because I would be throwing heavier weight than I need to be throwing. And it's like, and like, it's one of those things. So going with him, I mean, today I literally did squats with three tens on each side, yeah. like not even a lot. And just the way that we were, you know, controlling my core and the way that we were doing it, I'm like, this is hard. And it makes me, and then it's tough and it's, allowing my muscles to do different things than they what they normally do because he you know how you how he talks about it like everybody loads their joints right like when i would squat i would load my joints because that's what we do that's how you carry the most weight is you let your muscle carry some and then you let your joints and stuff carry the rest and then that's why joint deterioration starts to occur on people and that's why it's like well i'm working out i'm doing the right things but once you hit 30 or whatever age it is that's why people kind of start falling apart i think and I think that's partially why athletes as well are having such longer careers. I think we're just learning so much about how the body should be working out. And I always say it too, I'm 135 pounds. I don't need to be squatting 300 pounds. I'm going to be fighting another 135 pound man. I you know, like of course heavy weight is good and you want to bear weight and all this kind of stuff, but I'm also not trying to become a world strong man. So yeah. That's why I enjoy it. Yeah, I like to. He he he's just like he knows what workouts are most important. What workouts are most important is our combat workouts, like our, our MMA, our grappling, and he wants to make sure you feel good for those. And he, he, I mean, he is a coach too, who just practice what he preaches. There's so many coaches out there that don't practice what they preach, but he practices what he preaches. And just being around him, and he gives you a sense of calmness, and he just really talks about being in the moment a lot, being in the moment. And in you know better than anyone, in combat sports, being in the moment is literally everything at a high level. Yeah, I mean, it's just so chaotic, right? I mean, we were, we're talking about a putt in golf, right? Golf's a really unique game, and that's why I almost enjoy golf when I'm not fighting, because... It does similar things to my mind, but it's the exact opposite. It's not chaotic. It's very slow. There's a white ball sitting there. 
hit me. That's it. And then you fuck it up every time. And you, when you get in your head and when you're playing well and you know you're coming off, you're like, oh, I'm playing really well. You get in your head, you screw up, right? And that's a mental capacity that, like, is not chaotic. But we get beat by it mentally. Then fighting's the exact opposite of the spectrum where it's, it is chaotic in a lot of senses. But you just got to, like, bring yourself back to it and know what you're doing in the MMA workout with this and with that. And it's all just a position. It's all just this. It's all just that. And it's just, that's where people I think struggle a lot with fighting, with combat sports and stuff and practice. They're really good. I always, this is what I call it a practice room, all American, right? And they're the people that are so sick in the practice room. So, so sick all the time. And then they get out there and then they fall apart. And there's a lot of things that go into that, right? You know, like put a lot of pressure on yourself because you're trying to make your dad proud or this person or whatever. And I understand that, but there's these cool, you know, dilemmas between chaos and non-chaos. And they both are asking kind of the same thing from yourself, but just in different ways. It's like a focus. It's in the moment. It's here we are. Was there someone in particular that helped you do that at a young age or were you always pretty a gamer when the lights turned on. Yeah, I think I was pretty good from the beginning, right? I mean, I started wrestling when I was six years old and I won my first wrestling tournament I was ever in and won a lot growing up. So I think I was pretty pretty good at it naturally, just but also I don't really know what is what is naturally even mean, right? I think a lot of it comes from what was I doing the last three years, even when I was a kid. And I think a lot of it came from it came so from my dad, I felt like he would just make me kind of like, I always say a nonchalant, nonchalant savage. Like, hey, like I would be six years old and I'd run 5Ks with like adults. Mm-hmm. I'd be six years old and I'd run like a 22, like crazy low times for a three mile pace and all this kind of stuff. And everybody was like, what's going on? Like, whoa, whoa. And my dad's just like, it's just a couple mile jog. It's, it's whatever. Or like when I'd be at wrestling tournaments, I'd win my 60 pound weight class. And there'd be a dude at 70, 75 pounds, which is so much when you're a kid that fucked everybody up too. So my dad would just be like, hey, let's just go wrestle that guy. And I'd be like, I don't want to wrestle that guy. Like, uh-huh. I just won. I want to go f- fuck around with my friends and have fun. And he'd just be like, why? Just do it. Like, just so that's like, at like six and seven where your brain's just really forming and those little things probably really stuck with you. I think 100%. Like, and I mean, you know, we hear a lot of psychologists talk about it, right? Like, especially from a parent standpoint to your kids, like you got to be very diligent when your kid's young with what you're doing with them right because right like you have four or five years to really mold this brain and if you don't mold it correctly it kind of seems that it doesn't go away very easily like people that are you know neglected by their parents or maybe a helicopter parent where they protect them too much whichever spectrum it is or there's no parent at all right those have lasting scars so yeah. i think it's important even the way i feel like even the way the parents are treating each other mm. and the kid you don't even think your kid's probably listening or or hearing but he's literally forming the way he's going to treat his partner later in life absolutely yeah it's fucking wild yeah. but so what degree did you get in college um what degree yeah. oh sorry i thought you said grade and i was like degree grade. yeah degree i got business management so Went, uh, Did you learn a lot or was no, just barely learned anything? Barely learned anything. That's wild. But I don't know. It's tough, man, because I think there's – college is really cool. It's really fun. It allows you to, like, be an adult and learn how to kind of, like, um, manage a couple different little things, right? Like, you got to manage your social life. If you're an athlete, you got to manage that. Then you got to manage your schoolwork on top of it. As a wrestler, you got to manage cutting weight too. And so I think the it – 
it actually changed my life in a sense because I don't think the school changed my life all that much and I don't think I learned that much in there, but it really taught me that like it's time to not be that ADHD kid that just like fucks around and wrestles and does whatever he wants on the side, you know? It like I really had if I wanted to be successful in wrestling and if I wanted to be successful in school, then I really have to buckle down and try to figure out how to manage these things. And college was nice because you only go to class for a couple hours. So like as an ADHD kid or what all of us, right? Most people have that. That word's so overused. But like when you're a very hyperactive person, you can focus for like an hour, an hour and a half. I just can't be in class for eight hours a day. Yeah. You can't do anything for eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. So college like really helped me kind of learn how to manage that. And it was so much structure. And I think structure is key for people. I think if you just allow people just to do whatever they want, they fall into a lot of bad stuff and a lot of dumb stuff. And that's what happens to a lot of kids in college, right? They just get so excited to party and then they just fall apart. But the structure of it all was very important to me and kind of changed my life. But to be honest, if we're just talking learning, yeah, not much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hold I didn't even learn how to fill out a, how to do an LLC. Yeah. Once I, I graduated and I was doing that, I was like, how the hell did I not learn Bro. just that? I'm so, I mean, I'm starting to get it a little bit now, but with my taxes, I'm like, I'm so fucking foreign to it. It's like, God, I could have learned that in school. Yeah. So when it comes to wrestling. It makes sense why they don't teach in school and high school and stuff, though. I get yeah. Because the system, why would they want to teach everybody how to beat the tax system? Yeah, exactly. Right? So, like, I understand why we're under the thumb of the man on it or whatever, but, like, in college... A business college. Don't you yeah. think you'd want that to be like... Yeah, and a bu business college. Holy fuck. Yeah. That's you crazy. You want people to, you know, teach us how to like how, you know, when we donate to the the college itself when we're done and how you have tax write-offs and all this kind of mm -hmm. stuff. It's probably going to benefit you guys a lot more, but yeah. you don't. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, some maybe some colleges are different, but I think so, so many colleges are so fucking outdated. But let's get back to wrestling. Yeah. So in wrestling, what do you, what do you think you... You learn faster, or do you get better faster drilling, or do you get better faster going live more? Hmm. I mean, of course, everything has its time and its place, right? Like, I feel like when you're a kid, you got to learn more fundamentals and drill fundamentals. But, dude, once you, I mean, if you go to anywhere, high school kids don't even know how to drill. They don't know how. You, like, dude, and they drill it twice and they're done. Mm -hmm. You're like, what are you doing? Like, drill, go, right? And then once you can teach them how to drill, then this is where I think it gets really special is when you start play wrestling, where it's like that 70-80% where we're figuring out positions where it's, you know, we're not going live. Like, I'm allowing you to get on my legs. I'm You're allowing me to get on my legs. But we're also fighting in these positions, and that's where feel comes in, right? And and maybe I w actually was wanting to ask you this question, right? So I think jujitsu has way more um, technique steps of technique right like you can sit down and you can learn step by step of a lot of techniques in jujitsu wrestling it does to a point but i think why wrestling is so hard for people to learn and get really good and it takes that longer time than it seems i feel like that's a well respected thought that people have that wrestling takes longer to learn than other things is i think wrestling has so much feel it's like such a fight it's such a cock strength like oh, i gotta fight this position but there's feel mm -hmm. in it too and i think that's where you got to learn how to play wrestle in those positions and that's where you can get really really good because 
But I don't know. What do you think of that? Because that's kind of where I've, I feel like, you know, even when I just go to a jujitsu class, I'm like, whoa, there's like eight steps to just a simple move. And if I was trying to teach somebody wrestling a move like that, I'm like, we would have three. Yeah. Right. So it's like less steps, less this. But it's because wrestling's kind of like a little bit more like fast and mm-hmm. collision course and stuff. I think that's where like the feel is starts making you superior over the next guy. Yeah, I think definitely. I think definitely. Yeah, and and some people that's the thing, they don't know how to drill. And wrestling it seems it seems it's a little bit more simple, but I think you got it, you nailed it. Like it's a little bit more simple and definitely comes down to feel. But with the, with Tequino, I, I was always like, I wonder why he doesn't have his drill a ton. But he's, he he was always say at, at your level, it's just just go live, like go live and go live hard with yeah. good guys and that's where you're going to learn a lot for sure but maybe a lower level person should should drill more like i run my classes we go half hour of drilling every day and then we just go a half hour of live goes pretty much every day so yeah i'm always curious with that because some people will say no don't roll every day you shouldn't roll every day you should drill and then uh you should drill more than you roll so i think i was just curious to kind of what your yeah. take was that yeah i feel like maybe that's the middle answer is play Mm-hmm. Like it's we're gonna drill a little bit, but we're gonna play wrestle a little bit, and it's gonna slowly go from fifty to sixty to seventy to eighty, and then about eighty five percent. That's about the max that yeah. we're gonna play at. Because, of course, man, like it's just there's a lot of wear and tear when we're going full live. Mm-hmm. Like somebody's really sprawling on you, not trying to get taken down yeah. in wrestling, especially right. Like, um, jujitsu has its different type of wear and tear because like pe- people are like sh- trying to break your joints, mm-hmm. but wrestling has a wear and tear of like fighting through that position like when somebody really sprawls on you in a wrestling it's hard on your shoulders that's where it gets really tough on you and like in jujitsu people don't sprawl as hard because there's they're jumping to your neck Mm -hmm. they're jumping to their back they're doing this which is like that's its own problem you got to deal with but there's like and so that's why i think um the play wrestling wins Mm -hmm. in my heart i guess and i think i feel like for you like the mma's transferred over I mean, it's going to be hard, but then also, I mean, it's going to be good in a lot of areas too. Just because you shoot so much from tie-ups, shoot so much from tie-ups and in close range, and then you get into striking and you're farther away. But still, I mean, yeah. once once you get your hands on someone, it's just like, especially at your weight, people are not going to be used to that kind of power. That's why I'm thankful we have you because I'm like... Tell Sugar, if Bryce can't take you down in the cage, then none of these motherfuckers are going to yeah. be able to take you down in the cage. So it's... It's a, uh, yeah, wrestling for MMA versus wrestling collegiate. What do you see the big differences? So I think this is what it is, right? Once our rule sets becomes more finite or more restricted, right? Like boxing. A really good boxer is going to fuck up most every MMA fighter, right? Like we pretty much know that. Even if they're a good striker, if we're just boxing, he's going to win in boxing because he's had these two weapons his whole life and he's learned really well how to just use these two weapons but then instantly if you put kicks and wrestling into it it's a different fight right so i feel like that's the case with the difference between wrestling at a very high level is there's a point system that is in place you can't be there's less freedom so now it's who's way better at a position than the next guy like i mean i joke with a couple of the guys or whatever they'll they'll ask me some of the 35 pounders they'll be like hey if we just went wrestling how many times do you think I could take you down? I'm like, none. Mm-hmm. If we're just wrestling with wrestling shoes on, you will never take me down. And they're yeah. like, what? <laughs> never? And I'm like, 
never, yeah. bro. Like <laughs> I got taken down like four times my senior year in college. Like mm. you're not taking me down. And of course, of course they probably, they maybe could, mm. but like, I really don't think they could. Yeah. It's going to be kind of like a, a weird situation of a slip up. Well, you're, but you're, taking, you're a black belt in wrestling. Yeah. But and, there, we, and there may be blue belts. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But if we're doing any form of jujitsu or MMA, of course you can take me down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I'm sitting there striking now. I'm not even thinking about you shooting on me. And yeah. there's all these things. So it's like, I heard, I don't know. I heard Chael Sonnen say it, and I don't agree with it, but he was like a really good high school wrestler or maybe like low tier college wrestler. I can't remember what he said is just as good as an Olympic wrestler in the cage because there's only so much you're going to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think there's a lot of truth in it, right? Yeah. Because and it's it's crazy. Like almost all the all Americans from college wrestling that are in the UFC now don't wrestle in fights. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even wrestle. It's kind of yeah. funny, right? Yeah. So like um yeah, like literally Gaethje, Chandler, all those guys, they don't wrestle. They just bang with people. Yep, Colby. And, yeah, Colby, all of them. Mm -hmm. And and they can, I guess like Usman is probably one of and he was decent at wrestling but he wasn't super high level like mm -hmm. i guess he was he was good high level but nothing insane right yeah. but that's what it was and i don't know it's just partly i feel like a lot of people don't wrestle because the rounds are so long yeah and it fucking just zaps your energy if, if you fail on a takedown or if you start scrambling for a 30 second scramble it's like fuck yeah this is a five minute round this isn't a two minute period or a three minute period in uh in in college wrestling was there a lot of steroids so I don't think so at all. Mm -hmm. And I've been around a lot of people, a lot of high level people. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of got an argument with this kid and we were just like drinking, you know what I mean? So it was like, and he was just like, no, no, I know some people, but he was kind of a low level college guy yeah. and stuff. And he was just like, no, no, it's more than you think. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm a pretty cool guy. People trust me. And yeah. I've been around a lot of good people. I've been at four different college programs mm -hmm. in my life. And like, I'm like, I don't really know any of it. Hmm. I don't know anybody, to yeah. be honest, outside of anything. Like, the only thing that I've really seen people get in trouble for is, like, and this is on the senior level more, is, like, Adderall use. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Bro. And, like, that's, like, and especially because some of these kids, they've been, some people have taken them their whole life, and they've been, been prescribed, and they just didn't know they had to go get a TUE. Because they're like, oh, a doctor gave it to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they don't even know. Mm -hmm. And then, so people run into that. But then also, there's other people where it's like, oh, you're cutting a lot of weight. What's going to help? Yeah. A little Adderall. So, you ever took one? Oh, yeah. They're fired. They're amazing. I don't. I mean, I'm like, I just don't. I'm like, I don't. I just don't think this is a healthy habit for me to do. There's no way. Because when I take it, I'm zooted up. Yeah. Like, I'm ready to go, especially if you're partying or whatever. Like, yeah. Which you shouldn't be doing that. But like, dude, you're zooted up and you're in. And I'm like, people take two of these a day. Some people take one in the morning and then, or whatever, they take like mm -hmm. a long one and then they take a little one in the afternoon. I'm like, two a day? I, I don't even like trying to have more than two cups of coffee a day because I feel like the chemical mm -hmm. in our brains are really fragile, right? Like I, I think of it this way and you kind of tell me. I'm, I drink all to have fun. I do a lot of stuff that I probably shouldn't, but it's fun, okay? But do you, I almost feel like we've lost like heaven in our brain because we're so desensitized to screens, to this. We don't go outside. We don't spend time. A lot of people don't train their body at all. And the only way they can get heaven back in their brain, metaphorically, you know mm -hmm. what I mean, is a chemical. Yeah. And and it's just a dangerous game. And I feel like we're pretty good at having a good grip on this, right? We train. We try to take good care of ourselves. And I still feel like I'm trapped by 
this world that you know oh. what I mean. I don't go out in nature enough. I don't do that. I'm on my freaking screen all the time. Like I was doing something on my phone yesterday, and I turned on the TV, mm-hmm. and then went back to my phone. Had no <laughs> intention to watch the TV, but it felt weird that my TV screen yeah. wasn't on. And I was like, "You dude, fool. the double <laughs> stimulation. It's fucking. It gets absurd. I'm like, I'm not the type of person to get anxiety, but I do catch myself when I'm on that fucking thing. And it's hard. It's a hard mix because we're starting to make money on on it and mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a, our business too so now that's an excuse to be on there more and it's just dude i feel like it's so fucking bad for our brains especially if you're not aware of it at all for sure. and especially if you're laying there in bed and the last thing you do is just scroll scroll zonk then you wake up drink water pull up that phone and start scrolling again literally all fucking day dude, it almost it's i joke about it bro i'd say like it's our it's our pacifier like yeah. when you're feeling kind of weird or your girl kind of annoys you or whatever, what's the first thing you do? You yeah. just pick up your phone and go mindless, Broom, drone, scroll. It's a pacifier. It's fucking crazy. We're just I, little babies, and we're just. <laughs> dude, I'm I'm wondering where what's gonna happen in five years, especially these kids that are get their they're five and six years old getting these smartphones and they're learning this technology and they're literally just fucking hooked on that thing. Like these kids that come into the gym, they run rampant. But if you turn on a turn on a show and then give them a little tablet, they'll just sit there and then they're fine. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, man. I mean, I think I was, I mean, I pretty much, I think my age has to be about the last age that you had at least a little bit of time with very little, um, like screens and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like we had TVs and like, of course you had a game boy or whatever, but it wasn't quite that crazy. And I never played video games. I got super lucky by just missing the video game. Yeah, craze like I just don't like them for some. Mm-hmm. I suck at them now too, mm-hmm. and people are just way too good, so it's hard to even catch back up. But I feel like, I mean, what? How old are you? Thirty-two. Thirty-two. So like you had most of your childhood with minimal screen. Yeah, I mean, senior year was the first year I was able to start texting on a flip phone, and I was like, damn. Senior so year. So senior yeah. year. Yeah, I started texting like in seventh grade, which is probably bad too, because right at that moment of your life where you're nervous about talking to girls and this mm-hmm. and that and all that kind of stuff. Now I got this phone that can save me. I bet it was whatever. sick though. Kinda. It was, man. T nine. You remember the first time you texted in T nine? Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. T nine. You're like, you're like ABC? <sighs> no, nah, I'm T nine. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of wrestlers, especially at your level, you rare I mean it's surprising you don't see that many transfer over at MMA because I don't know I know a lot of wrestlers, they come come into this combat sports or they come into a jiu-jitsu gym and, and they're used to being like, hey, I'm the fucking man. And then all of a sudden you're not the man dealing with that mentally. And you, how did you avoid being burnt out on just being athletic your whole entire life? And now you're picking up a whole new sport that's going to take another decade to get good at. Yeah. I mean, for being very honest, that burnout comes in waves still to this day. And I mean, it happens to everybody. But, you know, I've been wrestling a lot of my life for 20 years straight. So I've already put 20 years into quite a bit of, you know, even when I was a kid, I was wrestling 10 months of the year. Like mm-hmm. it's a lot. Um, so the burnout really does come in waves. Cause you're like, damn, I've been doing this for 20 years. Like, am I still just on the same path? But then sometimes it goes away and you feel great and you feel rejuvenated. But I kind of think this is what happens with high level wrestlers. Okay. One, we can make pretty good money in wrestling now. So the like urge to go, make not a lot of money in fighting at first to maybe hopefully make money, right? Like you have to become pretty good at fighting just to make the money that you can make in wrestling now. Really? But then there's the next tier of fighting. That's so so crazy. How, uh, how, how are people making re- money in wrestling now? Okay, so RTCs is one of the main reasons. Okay, or, Clinics? So, 
clinics is the big one if uh-huh. you're a hustler and you have a big name or whatever. So uh-huh. I'll break it down like this. So when I got done, I Wyoming paid me to stay there and just train. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Jersey and they pay me to train. And they're paying good, like a yearly salary, free living most of the time too. So you have a good yearly salary. You're getting paid uh, or you're living for free, which is insane amounts of money if you really put it on, on paper. Um, you get like your little bit of sponsorships and this. You get this and then clinics, man. Clinics are great, you know, make anywhere – from you know fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollars for one day of clinics, you mm-hmm. know it's good. And then the best dudes are making eight to ten grand mm-hmm. just a day. So, you know, you do just a handful of those a day. You get your base salary, which some people it's like some people are only making like twenty five, which yeah, that's gonna be tough. You're gonna be a starving artist. But I know there's a lot of people that are making ninety, hundred thousand dollars just to wrestle, just mm-hmm. for you know what I mean. So, so like you gotta imagine most of these top guys, they're making a couple hundred grand a year mm-hmm. wrestling. And then if you win the Olympics, if you win this, that's another $250,000 bonus. You get a $50,000 bonus if you win uh, Worlds and then everything that comes with being a World and Olympic champion. Yeah. So they're doing good, you know. Um, so I think that's where it gets kind of tough now. You're like, ooh, do I really want to walk away from this and go yeah. to zero pretty much yeah. and fight? Mm-hmm. And then I think what happens is um, I think fighting does – wrestler to fighting – to fighters, the best way to do it is somebody that's like a <laughs> – Light yourself on fire. Oh, zap <laughs> your nose, bro. <laughs> is it black? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, all right. We got Carry on. Black. What do you guys mean by clinics? What's that? Um, so pretty much like the striking clinics. Seminars. Oh, seminars. Mm-hmm. Seminars, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, so I'm. this is kind of what I'm starting to figure out is the best wrestler to fighting transition is somebody that was like a one-time All-American. Mm. Somebody that was like pretty good, but not – they don't really have that much of a place in the senior level wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's kind of even where I felt. You know, I was a two-time NCAA finals. I was number one in the country my senior year and all this stuff. And I went on the – in the first years I was out is the Olympic year, really. So that's a really tough year. There's only six weight classes. So 20, 20 pounds in between each weight class is just fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I don't even know how it's real. But so everybody collides there. And I was like sixth on the ladder on the 2020 year. So I went from like being number one, but now I'm sixth. And that was me losing to like at the whatever, the last Olympian for fifth and sixth. So I got beat for fifth and sixth by the last Olympian. The I got beat by the one that won the Olympic spot for that year. And then mm-hmm. the other one was, you know, he's a three-time all Ameri- or three-time national champ right now. So really good guys, like mm-hmm. not even losing a bad dude. So I'm sixth. You got to be one. Mm-hmm. There's only place for one. There's no top 15 where – you're still the star and making money and doing all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you make money, but you got to be one. So that's kind of where I got at. And I went to the world championships in 2019 as a training partner and everything. And I just kind of saw it. And I was just like, I don't really know if this is what I want to chase for the next eight years. What yeah. I want to chase is, you know, trying to make the UFC and trying to do this and do a little bit bigger stuff. And then also just something new. Was there someone who stuck out to you to where you're like, oh, I can, I can fight or was or anyone who t- talked to you about it or... I try to tread very lightly because all there's so many wrestlers out there that go like, oh, Kamaru Usman's the champ. Mm-hmm. I beat Kamaru in college. Mm-hmm. I beat, and I'm just like, dog, shut up. Yeah. It's such <laughs> a different sport. Or so many wrestlers, they go in and they're like, dude, I went and like wrestled with this jujitsu dude and I just like fucked him up. And I'm like, yeah, and wrestling? Uh-huh. Of course you did. <laughs> go do anything else with him and you're not going to do that, uh-huh. right? So like, um, I feel like I almost wanted to do it because I felt, 
I like want I want to do things that I feel like I'm not good at. I've always felt like I'm I'm not even that good at wrestling. That's why I got to keep training and getting better. Because mm-hmm. I when I look at myself in the mirror, sometimes I just see like a little bitch, mm-hmm. right? Like. I fucking I don't work labor. I don't do this. I ain't got no calluses on my hand. Yeah. Like whatever, you know. Like I felt like a bit, and that's why I wrestle, and then that's why I fight because, like, I don't know, man. This world, this world doesn't care about you, mm-hmm. and it's a harsh world, and it'll the dirt will drink you up and spit you right back out into a flower or something, mm-hmm. you know. Like you don't really, and I think that's what fighting kind of helps me. It helps me combat the like craziness of that. It's like. Dude, I fucking fight. Yeah. This is what I do. Yeah, for sure. Especially for me, for sure, too, starting boxing and even starting wrestling and fighting, it was pretty much came down to, I don't know if it's insecure, but yeah, I'm insecure and I want to be secure. Mm -hmm. And it definitely helps with that for sure. Yeah. I mean, I was really small, too. So that's like where I was so small my entire life. I redid seventh grade. I was one of those guys because if I didn't redo seventh grade, I weighed 87 pounds as a freshman. That's what Damn, I would so all the chicks went up to eighth and you're sitting seventh? Seventh grade. Hmm. And it bro, it was it was one of the hardest things. And I feel like it was one of the best decisions of my life. Might have changed my entire career. And and it was one of those things that it took a lot of sacrifice to do that. Be in seventh grade and tell all your friends and all the girls and all this, I'm staying back. Fuck. And they're like, What are you retarded? Like are you not smart enough, you know? And you're like, No, no, I'm smart enough. I'm just yeah. small. And they're like, What? They're like, yeah. What's going on? Right? It's just so weird, but yeah. It's, um, dude, I was just so small my whole life. So I was always so scared like yeah. of people. And even though I knew I was so tough at wrestling, but I was like, dude, I'm 60 pounds. Mm-hmm. I'm scared. Yeah. And then it made me more of like that savage and just Fucking like, scrappy, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's crazy now. Cause probably, especially you with your blonde hair and you kind of stuck out a little bit in college, uh, that college athletes can get those endorsements. Now you probably would have been balling. Probably would have been balling, man. Fuck. It really sucks because, and I'm so happy for those guys and all yeah. this kind of stuff. But, dude, I remember, like, right when I got done uh, with college, I did a shirt sale. And I sold them for thirty nine ninety nine expensive shirts. Mm-hmm. I sold 350 shirts in two hours. Damn. So I just had 15000 in my account. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, in college. I was Hell like, yeah. what the fuck, dude? I'm, I'm so rich. I'm like, what's happening? And all this kind of stuff. And, like, I just think of that and I'm like, dang, that I only got to do that one time because mm-hmm. it was after I was done wrestling. And yeah, you keep selling shirts, but college is the time that lights on. Yeah. So like if you can do it throughout college, it's nice. And then donors are so into donating to college athletes because they want to feel, and I don't mean this in rude, they want to feel important and tied to this. They want to be tied to the University of Wyoming. They want to mm-hmm. feel their name. They want their name on the plaque and all this kind of stuff. Like I had people that, and it's, it's kind of, the bullshit at college, to be honest, it really makes me mad. It was, they donated $10,000. I had multiple people donate $10,000 to the Bryce Meredith scholarship. They thought I was getting that money. They, they came up to me and they said, Hey, if you need any more, let me know. And I'm like, I'm not getting any of that. That just goes to the funds of Dang, the wrestling program. That's crazy. Yeah, so, so the donor just goes into the front office and gives who a check. I don't know, honestly. I don't I know how that works, shoot. but yeah, it's mostly like when you go to like Cowboy Joe Club events is what they're called, and like those events, and people uh, donate in, and one rich guy goes, "Hey, I'll match up to forty thousand dollars." So then you run around and try to get everybody to mm-hmm. donate a thousand dollars a piece, and then now there's eighty thousand dollars for the. For but the, back then, if they would have found out they were giving it to just you, you would have got probably kicked out. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, you would have, and then and insane. it's one of those things where it's like, of course. Some people are doing it and getting that help and everything mm-hmm. like that, but um, I I wasn't gonna play that game for yeah for sure twenty grand. 
So yeah, now kids are getting probably shoe deals. Yeah, and just like you said, the shirt deals. Ah, right, right. Two years after you Two fucking after. get out of it. Yeah, and I mean, I I don't know. I'm happy for him. I was, I talked my shit about how like, I don't think colleges should pay athletes. I don't think the college should have to pay an athlete. Mm-hmm. But to deny an athlete getting paid from a brand was just absurd to me. Yeah. Like, dude, if somebody wants to give you a truck, you get a fucking truck. Yeah, that's crazy. That's, that's how it should work. <laughs> so how did you navigate? You went to Wyoming, and I know they do a lot of drinking. My boys, uh, men in halls, I know they like to do their drinking. Uh, partying in college, how did you navigate that? Because you were, su- I mean, super high level. You had to be top dog. And... I mean, did you enjoy your parties too? Or how did you? Because a lot, it's crazy how many kids. I mean, wrestling practices are fucking grueling. Like, they're grueling if you've never done them. And kids will get drunk, hungover, and get up and go to fucking wrestling practices. Yeah. Like, God. So, this is what I always said. And I think this actually helps so much with my self confidence, right? Self confidence comes from like being able to keep promises with yourself, I think. And that's like mm-hmm. why, it's, why it's good. And I'll kind of get back to that later. But I had seasons in my head. So, summer, we're drinking season. Mm -hmm. We're training and we're doing our stuff, but I'm drinking. If you guys want to get a case on a Tuesday night and slam 12 beers, we're We're doing doing it. it. Yeah, and I'm in. Right? So, we would drink. We drink enough. Plenty. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, way more than you probably should. And then, once preseason hits, then, now we're training in the week and I get drunk on Saturday. So then that was kind of my thing. I get to get drunk on the weekend now is all. One Did your day. dad know about it? Yeah, yeah, my parents were He was cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, my parents mm-hmm. were always, um, you know, like when I was young, if I would have got in trouble for drinking, for sure would have got mad at me and stuff. But like if I was at the house or if I was staying at a friend's house and stuff, they don't care that yeah, much. Like my safe. parents would give me beers when I was young, like nothing crazy. They know you're going to do it anyway. Yeah, like they, do with them. they did a really good job at managing that aspect of me mm-hmm. by being hey don't be stupid but also we'll give you a little bit of leeway with it yeah don't make any life-changing choices yeah like just chill out right and Mm -hmm. um so then preseason would pretty much just be like we get a drink a little bit on the weekend but during the week we're fucking dialed in Mm -hmm. and then once season hits i'm in and i just made deals that like on christmas break when i went home for christmas i would drink with my family and you know christmas and get drunk then and then maybe like one other time of the year maybe have a couple beers but i was pretty good about shutting it off almost 100 percent. i'd like i had a year where i pretty much shut it off 100 percent just in season mm-hmm. but it was easy because i get to make those deals with myself and there's an uh there's a light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. once march 20th hits it's drinking season until the end of school season right and like and for me i think that helped the most with my self-confidence because I was making promises that that's what I was doing. And then I did them and that's where fighting gets kind of hard because it's kind of, there's not seasons. Yeah. It's kind of just whatever you're wanting to do. And sometimes, you know, I feel like I'll fall victim to just what's going on Mm -hmm. because it's like, well, there's a wedding or there's a this. Mm -hmm. And it's like that where it's like, ah, it's yeah, I got to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go out. And then, and then it, it fucks your self-confidence, man. When you stop, you know, and you're out there and the next thing you know, you're smoking a vape pen or doing this and doing stuff that you don't normally do more, whatever, you know, but like, and it just, it fucks your self-confidence up. So I'm just trying to find, find those, like those seasons and those rules with myself again. Of course, in camp, I do good, you know, mm-hmm. but six weeks really isn't that long. Well, and, and, and in your spot too, I mean, you could get a three week notice fight or a four week notice fight. Be like, okay, now I'm going to have a 15 minute war with this kid who's probably really good too. Mm -hmm. And I got to be ready to go. So it is fucking tough and fighting dude. Yeah. When you, uh, so now that you're mostly done competing and you still do your competing, but not like fights, you know, like whatever. Um, 
How has it been trying to, you know, you feel like managing when you're allowed to party, when you're not allowed to yeah. party? And I feel like you, you're you very good at self-restriction and mm -hmm. do a pretty good, except with sex, I guess. You're fucking mm -hmm. let that thing fly out. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. everything else, you do a pretty good job at self-restriction, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And um, so I wonder, like, is it hard when you're not really competing to just, like, no, I'm not drinking for three weeks. No, I'm not this. Yeah. Well, for for drinking, I don't know. My dad was big into drinking. My brothers, they've been drinking. They like drinking a lot. I just don't like the way it makes me feel. I don't like it. It just slowly makes me retarded. And if I am drinking, it's different when it's with girls. Mm -hmm. And they're loosening up too. And you guys are getting to know each other. And, it, and it's different. But it's not really hard for me not to drink. I never just crave a beer. Or I never yeah. just crave alcohol. I, I mean, even still when we go out, now like a lot more opportunities to party are coming about. And even still when we go out, I'm never pumped to drink. I'm yeah. never like, let's drink. Damn. So yeah, it's just probably not liking alcohol that much. Yeah. That helps. Knowing, I, knowing I, too, I enjoy alcohol a dude. lot. And it's like, it's one of those things though, because I think why I enjoy it so much is because I don't really change that much. Mm -hmm. I'm pr like a lot of times my friends, like we'd be getting like blasted and they'd be like, are you not even drunk? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking drunk. Like, what are you talking about? And they're like, I don't know. Like, do some like stupid act, <laughs> like not like Bryce. Like, you just kind of act like the same. Yeah. And so I feel like I can reason it that it's just not that big of a deal. Uh -huh. So I'm just like, ah, oh, yeah. yeah. I have a couple beers. I'm buzzed up. I have ten. I'm pretty similar. You know. Mm -hmm. Of course, you make slightly worse decisions. But, yeah. And so, I don't know. I feel like that's more where. And then you know we've had a conversation about. I don't like weed. So I don't really have that much fun when I smoke. So did you have any bad situations when yeah, you did Yeah, I think I just or? started doing it when I was too young. How I, young? I was in seventh grade. It started just puffing on a little joint ski? No, fucking hitting gravity bongs. What? In yeah. seventh? <laughs> yeah, bro. Oh. The milk jug, you know what I mean? Did the whole thing. The milk jug, and you the, hit it. The two, uh, uh, yeah, the was it knife hits? Butter knife. Yeah, yeah, the knife hit thing. <laughs> yeah, dude. And so I did that. And so I threw up. Two times in like the first six times I smoked because uh -huh. I just got too high and fucking threw up. So one, when you're, I think in seventh grade doing that stuff, I'm so scared. I'm yeah. already so paranoid that my parents find out the cop, I'm fucked, right? Yeah. That's going to be very bad for me. So then I did, and then I just didn't really like it. And mm -hmm. then I would, and you know what I mean? I tried it a couple more times coming back to it, but, and it's okay. Mm -hmm. But I feel like every time I smoke, it's like 20 minutes later, I go, I wish I didn't smoke. Right. I wish I didn't do it. You know what I mean? So yeah. then it's like, it's one of those things. And yeah, JX is similar. JX is similar. He He's, he's already a super low sits about a one or a two when it comes to being hyped up. Yeah. So Jay's similar, but we've had a couple times where we've smoked. I've talked him into it and we've had good times. Yeah. I think, yeah, like a half hit or a hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, I always like it. Always makes me anxious. Like For I don't, sure. I don't like it. And I know you guys preach like, oh, it's the type of weed. I just, I've never enjoyed it. I don't think I ever will. I don't know. Yeah. You, you never enjoyed it. So I mean, when I we have. went in Vegas, like, we I we took a big hit. rip. We went to, we got <laughs> whatever we wanted rip. on the Italian menu. Yeah. You enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, but but you enjoyed it. But in that situation, you probably would have been like, I would be okay not being yeah, exactly. high too. Yeah. I yeah, mean, that's... I've always liked like uppers though. You know, like I like coffee, mm -hmm. little ollies. That's mm -hmm. it though. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like that's how I am. Like I don't. Dude, I can fall asleep and be down at any moment I want. Really? Right? Like, it doesn't bother. Like, yeah. if it's time to shut off, mm -hmm. I'm off. It's okay for mm -hmm. me. So, like, for me, that's how I am. Like, I want to, like, if I'm doing something, I want to, like, do, I want to be hanging out, partying, talking, yeah. doing sh shit for way too long, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And having a good time. And so that's kind of where I've always been. And that's where, um, you know, like, psychedelics, I feel like, is cool because you 
kind of feel high in parts of it when sometimes that's why I don't really like that. But but there's more of like an up. There's more of an experience than just weed Mm -hmm. or whatever. So that's why I've had more fun. And I'm not like doing it all the time or like some psycho nod or whatever. Like, But it's more fun because there's at least more of like this adventure that I'm going on rather than just being like uh, fucking high. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. For me, I feel like... I remember Sam Harris said, he said it opens up dural, different neural pathways in your brain. So if I look, I'm looking at one thing and I smoke and I look at the same thing, it'll, you'll maybe look at it from a different point mm-hmm. of view or something. That's why I like it. But I also think it's, for me, it's like a, almost like a meditation hack. My mind can be going crazy about the business, about training, about training, like so many things. I take a puff, I'm like, and just be right there. Yeah. And now enjoy the room, enjoy Mariah, enjoy everything around me. And just Mine brings the me there. opposite. Really? Right? Like that's like, I'm sitting there doing, and then I smoke, and then I'm like, fuck, fuck, cops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not even like getting in trouble. It's just like, I don't know, that feeling of like, it's just going to go away. Right? Like that feeling that's hits me, and I do not enjoy when that feeling hits like oh my god edibles too yeah um i did have a really great time on edibles once but Mm -hmm. we were at the otc and we weren't really partying we're just like you know prisoners training pretty much you know what i mean and whatever so then we just like we ate some of them and it was with a group of good dudes and so the first like hour i had a i was giggling and having a blast the first time i've ever gotten like way giggly Mm because i've never even really got that with smoking so i I was like, well, that'd be more fun if I was giggling, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I would have fun giggling. And so I got that from that hour. And then the next couple of hours, I was pretty couch locked, which it wasn't like, and I only took probably 10 milligrams. I don't even think it was that much. You know what I mean? Maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more off the bite that I took, but like, it was only 10. And I was, I was higher than I needed to be, Damn, probably. Hell yeah. <laughs> so uh, you were talking about, have you always been good at eating clean or who taught you that? No, I don't really eat clean. I just don't. I'm not a I'm not a foodie, so it doesn't really get out of whack for me. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I'm I want to eat just like steak taters and some vegetable, like a good yeah. old Wyoming boy. Just it, man. Just chick a meat, rice or potatoes, and a little bit of this. What about breakfast? And yeah, just like a couple eggs normally. That's all I eat. I'm I need to get better about breakfast, but so I've always thought like. And, you know, I'll go eat fried food sometime, you know, like Tuesday night tacos. Oh, sure, mm-hmm. I'll go eat some tacos. Friday night, I'm eating some chicken tenders with mm-hmm. some buffalo, like that kind of stuff. Um, so, like, I've always felt like I've never been that clean. I mean, when I get in camp, obviously, it dials differently. But but I'm not that crazy either. I don't really overeat. I don't really, um, you know what I mean? Like, if I'm training hard, I'll eat my sugar at night and stuff because, mm-hmm. you know, I just probably need more carbs and calories in me. But, um yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, that's nice because I mean, a lot of people who've cut weight their whole life, they get scarred by it, and they almost get, they almost get like, uh, th- have issues with food. Like, yeah. especially me, cutting to one fifty five for a long time, I had issues with food. So when I'm able to eat, I can, f- I can fucking eat. But now that I know, I mean, now I know how good when I eat clean food, how good I feel, mm-hmm. how good I wake up and I have so much more energy. I'm not fucking snappy. My blood sugar's not going up and down, and I just feel. I mean, feel feel good. Yeah, and like, yeah, and that I I'm starting to become more sensitive to that feeling. I feel like when I was in college and stuff, just when you're young and kind of in, and you're just making weight and shit all the time, so you already kind of feel like shit. Mm-hmm. So then it's just kind of normal. So I feel like when you're cutting a weight and trying to stay at this weight and do all this kind of stuff, it sounds crazy, but you almost just live on like your sugars, like an insulin spike. Mm-hmm. You kind of start getting down. You just try to put a little sugar or something mm-hmm. in your body and get back up and. 
And sometimes I tell people like, hey, if you're if you're crashing during and you're about to go to practice, dude, just eat half a candy bar. I know it doesn't it doesn't seem right, but don't ruin your workout. Mm-hmm. Get that sugar in you. It's gonna burn right off. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. So like little stuff like that. But um, for me, I didn't really cut that much weight growing up. How much you walk around now? Like fifty four. Oh, so money. Yeah, eighteen pounds 18, over. Eighteen. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind getting maybe even a little bit thicker mm-hmm. because my last two fights, dude, I don't. I, I think I weighed like forty nine, fifty one when I went back in the cage. Maybe yeah. So like. I think that's almost a little bit too low. And mm-hmm. I think it partially comes from in wrestling, you only get an hour or two hours. Or even if you made the finals, you get a day, but not a night, right? It's just you wait in the morning, you wrestle at eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. So I've, I, when I make weight, I do, I am so afraid to put too much in my body because there's been enough matches where I pound too much and then you got to go wrestle and you're so bloated and fucked up that it sucks. So maybe, Look- maybe I just need to put more into my body. And I can get m- closer to that 54, 55, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I think kind of when I cut, I, you know, you kind of wither your body away to that 48, 49, and then yeah. you cut it, and then that's all I can get back to. Yeah. I'll have to send you some of the stuff uh, Dan Gardner has, Sean. I have it, actually. Oh, did he send you over? Yeah, over I got it? it from Brandon. So I've actually followed that plan. Have you? Yeah, and I enjoy it a lot. I love yeah. – I actually enjoy when it's like – not enjoy because you're hungry and cutting, but when it's like pretty much just eating those like meat portions five times a day or whatever, like I enjoy it. It's, I feel like you said, I wake up and I don't even take naps anymore or anything like that. I just feel like my energy is just like, damn, that's pretty cool. Like less sugary. I don't have, I'm not like sparked up as much as I can be if I'm normal, Mm -hmm. but I'm just like, so wrestling you'd get hour hour to two hours after weigh-ins and especially you'd probably usually be a higher seed so you kind of know your first first round you probably have a a lower level guy but then you have another couple hours till the second round yeah like jujitsu you get on the scale you probably have five minutes in the bullpen you go and get get your match in and then another run in the whole bracket Mm -hmm. so you get done with that match you maybe have five ten minutes you got your second match five ten minutes and then you got your third match so you really can't cut that much weight what's the most you've cut like in like the last 12 hours and then went and wrestled a full tournament um so yeah wrestling gets a little bit weird too just because you have to weigh in the next day normally so that's where oh that's right yeah and i was one of those so just i just so we could have that conversation because um i was one of those guys too that i was not gonna cut five six pounds that night after i just wrestled three matches and have big matches the next day i was not so i kept myself i would get up to that maybe five over and then kind of weather it down throughout the day so i was i try to keep that in check because the last thing i want to go do is fucking run after After you said three scraps yeah like i'm good off that but um so the most I ever cut, so I went to 133 my freshman year of college. And because I only weighed like 47 when I came in, so it made sense, 47 to 33. But of course, man, you're 18, you're, you're starting to mature a little bit more. So I think I got up to like 52, 53. I was starting to get up there, cutting at 33 on hour weigh-ins and stuff. And it was the worst year of my entire life. Like mentally, everything, like if I would have had to do that for multiple years of my life, I would quit. I would have never done it in my life. Like... I mean, this podcast is fine for this to say this or whatever. Dude, I went a month without a boner as a 19-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. I was, like, I was jacked up. Like, I told my dad, and he was just like, yeah, that's probably not good, dude. Like, <sighs> you're 19. You should be running, you know? Yeah. Like, And so, so like, it was really, really tough on me, and that 33 was shitty. And there was, like, one day I woke up, and 
I cut the night before, and I, it was one of those ones where I don't actually know what happened. Maybe I woke up in the middle of the night and drank water. I don't fucking know how I got all this weight. But I got to weigh-ins the next day, and I only had an hour, and, and I had six pounds to lose in an hour and a half. And I'm already cut dry down, you know what I mean? I'm not water-loading either, so it's not like I have like this water-load cut. And I cut six pounds in this hour and a half, about fucking died. And I went out there, and I got pinned by this not very good guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just packed, dude. And mm-hmm. my coach was like... He's like, that's your one, that's your one mess up. He's like, you don't do that with your weight again. And if you do, I'm stepping in and we're going to follow a plan. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck, this sucks. But after my freshman year. This is in college, right? In college, yeah. Did they have any guidance when it comes to nutrition back then? Like a little. You know how, I mean, nutritionists are like, I don't know. They're kind of good. But a lot of times they're just like telling you blanket statements. Yeah. Like you go in there and you kind of tell them and they're just like, well. Do this. And just everyone's so different. Yeah. So it's just fucking impossible to say. Yeah. Like without doing what probably like Sean and everybody's done with their stool and their this and their yeah. macros or whatever. Like um, Brandon and I have talked about that too. Like I want to get it done just to see some stuff, especially as a young guy. So then if you mm-hmm. do it when you're 45, you can see how much different Hell all yeah. your shit is too, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, that couldn't waste shit. I'd tell everybody if you want to, if you want to not like wrestling more than you already do, because it's a hard sport to like. Cut too much weight. If you want to fucking hate wrestling yeah. and hate your life, cut too much weight. And tell me how long it gets you because that's where a lot of the best high school kids screw up because they cut hard when they're yeah. young. And then by the time they get college, they're cooked, man. Fuck that. And, dude, especially I tell the people out in jiu-jitsu too, they're like, hey, I'm five pounds to, to the next weight. I'm like, dude, fuck that. You're not getting paid. It's completely different when you 100% getting paid to cut. But if you're not, I mean, just go with the way you're, what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, hundred percent. What uh, you how watched, much did you cut from for fifty five? One ninety five. Damn, just, that is so fucking crazy. Just stupid, and just I mean, took away all my explosive muscle, mm-hmm. cut off muscle. Just like I was really dumb doing that. Really dumb doing that. But whatever. You guys watch any uh, shows? You and your girl. How long have you been dating your girl? Yeah, so we've been together for four years. So shit, maybe actually a little bit more. So the question might be getting popped here soon. Damn. Yeah, doing the big boy move. You ready to lock it in? I guess. No, I'm just joking. Yeah, <laughs> why not? You know what I mean? No, yeah, she's, for sure. She's a solid. She's solid and she's fun. But, um, I mean, yeah, we shows? just we just finished Ozark, of course. We, you know, did the fourth season of that one. Um, have, are you there? Have you watched Ozark? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched the fourth season. Though. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we won't. But dude, we're watching. We're actually in a dull moment. But we're watching Sons of Anarchy right now. That's that was. I mean, the time I watched it, that was fucking yeah, good. Yeah, it's you know, it's a little corny at that times. That was your first time watching. Yeah, it? I never watched it because I. It was weird. I because I mean, I love like I love bikers shit too. You know, I grew mm-hmm. up riding dirt bikes. I like I love. It sounded like a show that I liked, but I remember watching like the first couple episodes and I was like, ugh, okay. this is kind of. So then I I checked out, but then. But now I'm back in, and it's pretty fun. I mean, they fucking, I don't know. You know, those shows, just they just get too much later on. Yeah. They're just, like, blasting each other in going. the middle of the city and just everybody's mm-hmm. shooting each other and nobody's ever getting in trouble for murder. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Uh, Mariah, what are you guys watching? We, we started this show called Love in the Jungle, and, and they all come together, and they're not allowed to talk. <laughs> so you just kind of have to, like, like, they have to just grunt, and just you, and then they do different... Um, all the males will do something to com- to compete who's alpha, and then all the women will compete to do something who's alpha female. And then if they pick each other, then they, they have one night to go back, and just those two can talk. But they never can talk as a group. They just have to grunt and shit. It's a fucking funny-ass show. And it's dude. good, huh? Just with no talking? It is pretty good. It's, it's just... 
entertaining. You watch The Bachelor and stuff, right? Yeah. You get into that? Yeah. yeah. I do too, man. It's fucking... I actually... Me and my girl said it last night. We are just like, yo, when is like a next season coming out? I know. And it's so funny. And maybe... And you probably feel this way. While I'm watching it, I don't even really enjoy it that much. <laughs> I'm like, well, this is so stupid. Every They're just making out all the time. Yeah. But then right when it ends, I'm like... Yeah. When's the next episode, baby? I, I just enjoy seeing people, how they communicate with other people. And especially when they're trying to win a game or they're trying to do I, I feel like I enjoy like the psychology of the mm-hmm. shows and watch in in reality TV. Uh, yeah, we watched a lot of Jersey Shore, too. Yeah. We've been watching the new Kardashians, too. I, uh, my girlfriend watches the new Kardashians, and I just have – I can't really. It's hard for you. For some reason, I don't do know. Do you think man, they're Scott, hot or gross? I mean – they're like they're hot, but yeah. it's I don't need that much. Yeah. I don't need that much going that on. That fat ass. I don't even know if I could handle that fat yeah, ass. Yeah, because like I thought Kendall was the hottest just because she looked the most normal. But she's, I like her too. But I don't know if supposedly personality wise, she's like one of the worst. Oh really? Yeah, that's what I've been told, mm-hmm. but I have no clue. But yeah, um, yeah, dude, I fucking I just been watching a little bit with my girl, and Scott is such a little hate him? bitch, dude. <laughs> I can't listen He's, to his level. Like, I know. You're just going to leave me? He like, dude, bitch, I can't right? do it. I'm like, bro, you got divorced. Like, And you wonder why you're single because yeah. you act that way. Oh, man. Like, we're talking <laughs> about, like, you know, because I think that's what's cool about reality show, right, is you're kind of going into it as a psychologist, and then you can kind of pick and choose um, actions of humans that you want to have or not have yourself. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what I think is a cool part about it. Yeah. You get to see somebody, how they respond to anger or how they respond to this. And some people you go, Oh, that was cool. That was an honorable way mm-hmm. in virtue. You acted well. And then you get to see people act fucking horrible. And you're like, Whoa, make sure you never act like yeah, that. But it's right? fun to watch, but it is fun to watch. But I think that's why it's fun to watch it so much is I think you can actually learn how to be oh, a better person sure. yourself. For sure. So are you and your girl religious? Do you consider yourselves? So, yeah, I'm, I would consider myself non-denominational Christian. So I actually got pretty fortunate, right? Like, What I, does non-denominational mean? Yeah, it's no denomination. So like you are Jehovah Witness, right? <laughs> a former. Well, yeah, you grew up that. Yeah. Okay. And so that is a, that's a Christian faith, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's Christian, yeah. but it's this branch, right? Yep. There's like Baptist, there's uh, Catholic, mm-hmm. there's Jehovah, there's... Uh, maybe even Mormonism is a form of mm-hmm. Christianity. I am non-denominational. I am not part of the club. I am not part of any of those. I am. Oh. I'm a believer of what the Bible has given us in a sense. So and against gays? No, but you know what <laughs> no. I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. um, so that's where it gets tough. And a lot of times when those questions are asked, so this is where I think people. It's funny, right? Everybody wants it. Well, where did God come? Oh, they ask these crazy, crazy questions, right? And they should. These are very, you know, thought out questions and stuff. But then I always question it. Dude, you don't even know how to do a one step equation. You're just a dumb monkey, too. You don't know what the hell's going on. You don't know what you did two days ago, right? So our brains are pretty, pretty lacking. Mine is pretty lacking. I can't remember shit sometimes, right? But then I want to sit there and play like I know all God, all this or whatever. And that's why I understand why people, you know, deface religion and don't want it and all the wars that have started over and stuff. I understand all that. That's why I go more towards the non-denominational Christian part because this is this has helped me a lot actually and, and because I was struggling hard with my faith, right? And I I never grew I Just questioning grow up, if just God's questioning real or all of it. Yeah, yeah. what's the point? Why is the Bible why is that Bible more true than another? Mm-hmm. Right? All those questions, okay? And I think this is kind of 
I think people should step their way towards maybe, and I'm not trying to make you a Christian, but try to step this way, okay? First way to go about it is make the stories fiction, okay? And make them metaphorically true. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is not a real guy. He's not actually there, all right? But the metaphor of Jesus and the fictional story of him is a good story, Mm -hmm. right? You live out and you be, in, in theory, perfect, right? Because you treat people with kindness. You treat people with love. You act virtuous in every action. You bear the cross every single day. You bear the weight of the world. And at the end of this world, that's what you get. You get death. And if you do all those things, right, and you live a better life than fucking off and screwing off and doing all these drugs and doing all this kind of stuff, if you live virtuously in that metaphorical truth, you transcend life. And I think that's kind of what the story is telling you. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, you come here and you act and you act in discipline. You get to transcend this bullshit, and you actually can kind of like, you know what I mean? Leave this whatever. And I think that's kind of the metaphor of him rising from the dead in three mm-hmm. days, right? He transcended. That's a pretty cool way to look at. Who uh, kind of taught you to look at it that way? So I got very fortunate that I grew up in a church that was dope. Really? Like it was a good church, man. My they pastor has tattoos. The, the pastors the, wasn't trying to fuck you. Yeah, I mean, only, no, yeah. he only, only once. Me twice. <laughs> yeah. No, so like, I'm not, I'm not from a priest. You know, there's no priesthood. I didn't have to go do um, anything that like you know Catholic people do, where you go to mm-hmm. confession, this, all that kind of stuff. It wasn't that. You go to church. The people that are given the pamphlet outs to have long hair, tattoos, gauges in their ears. The music that they're playing before is pretty rocky. You know what I mean? Like fucking shredding on the guitar and stuff, which that's my language. So if I'm going to go somewhere to try to have an emotional moment with God and music, it better be my form of music. Mm-hmm. I don't care about a hymn. It's not going to do anything for me, right? That's why we like going to concerts because it's almost like a religious ceremony with this artist. And that's why we love these artists so much because it's like this whatever. So, And man, he was just, he didn't, he wasn't like hateful, man. I saw him literally cry on stage when he's talking about certain issues like gay people and all this kind of stuff. And just you can tell there's true compassion mm-hmm. and true. I'm trying I'm trying just like you guys are to figure this out and mm-hmm. we're going to fail. But what the goal is, is God came for us here for us and we're going to go try to get him at the same time. Do you think you'd be as good of a person as you are without religion? Uh I don't personally. Really? So I and so what I think happens, okay. So I think everybody really, really um, doesn't show the respect of what all this moral, all these moral boundaries that everybody in, especially the Western world, lives by. Okay. So you guys are like, I was born in the Constitution is pretty much written off a Bible. It's very similar, right? Like you, you have due process, you have this, you have freedoms as an individual yourself. We get to do this. We're going to be kind to people. We're going to, you know, like the whatever. So I think a lot of people grew, almost everybody grew up in a Western world, right? In ours, especially. And then people pretend like all their morals that they were given weren't given to them by this, by these religions pretty much. Mm -hmm. Okay. They, they go like, no, no, I know that I'm a good person. Like, oh, you got to be a good person. You got to be kind to people. You got to do this. And they, they hold those morals with high respect. And I'm always wondering, well, yeah, those have been given to you through the, all these generations of the last 2000 years, especially, and it's been given to you. And that's why we, you think you don't need it and that's fine. I'm not telling you you do need it, but, but don't be so quick to think that all those things in your head 
were given by just you being a human. It's been yeah. a lot of things that have come into that. It's not just Christianity. Mm-hmm. I'm not just saying that. And um, so I think that like, I don't know, you go almost got to pay a little bit more respects to yeah. the idea that you, you at the end of the day are a fucking monkey and monkeys rip people apart. They steal, they're not very compassionate. And that's what we evolved from, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we came from. We are animals. And what we're trying to do is just trying to grip on to our morals as best we can as a stupid animal. Yeah. And that's like what's that's what's trying to separate us mm-hmm. from other animals is you play with those morals and then we act in it. Like mm-hmm. we're all pretty good to each other. We really are. We live in a world that's, you know, morally pretty sound for the most part. But Yeah, and in in religion for some people helps navigate it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of times like and this is why like religion it just gets hijacked by people doing acting like people oh for sure <laughs> right like the greed and the this and the, all that kind of stuff so that's why i tried to really like almost like denounce religion as a whole mm-hmm. like i don't really i'm not like i don't like the religion aspect of it because it becomes this club that it's not true that's not what it was supposed to be yeah. it's more of these like guidelines and try to take the metaphorical truths of how i'm supposed to act because uh like last thing i guess i'll say on this like the reason why these stories i think are cool and why people should kind of relate to him or whatever is because I think fiction is fiction, right? And this is a little bit from Jordan Peterson really helped me out with this. Like, let's just say these stories are fiction. Fiction is more true than truth. And that's why we like them. Right. So like, um, Batman, right? Batman and Joker. The reason why we love those stories so much is because in one half of you, you're Joker and you want to bring chaos to the city. You want to watch people burn. You want to fucking hate them, right? Mm -hmm. That's that devil demon joker inside you then the other side of you is the batman you are morally so sound and Mm -hmm. you do everything right and you do all this kind of stuff and the reason why we like stories is because you get a lit both those characters that are also in us get to live out that truth in a story because i'm not gonna go do joker shit in real life really that Mm -hmm. ends pretty quickly you're gonna get arrested and you're gonna do that but the joker's still in me He's still in there fucking, yeah. let's burn. Yeah, yeah, every time you get horned up. Yeah, all these things, Every time right? you see a good pair of tits, <laughs> it's, it's fucking brutal. It's Dude, Joker you should, time. You should check out uh, Righteous Gemstones. It, it's fucking hilarious. It's like, oh, it's funny. It talks about, yeah, it's it's it, they're kind of making fun of like Joel Austin and his, oh, his yeah. rich family, but it's just fucking good-ass humor. That's great. But uh, our cameras are probably about to die. Guys, give uh, Bryce Meredith a follow. He uh, He's going to be in the UFC. He's going to be a big part of why sugar is going to be a champ he's going to be a big help in that um and then this episode is sponsored by patreon.com slash red hawk academy I'm, I'm putting up stuff there every week all the merch we're dropping you get 20 percent off you guys get it first and then when the merch sells out i'm not making any more of it if so you guys get first dibs and for the ten dollar tiers you get 30 30 percent off all thorn supplements and then i'm going to keep adding shit to it techniques and different vlogs jx just uh Uploaded a vlog of when we went to the reservation last week. So, Ooh, where'd it, you go? We went up to North Dakota to do this little clinic for young kids. Um, oh, that's cool. And it was just like a reservation of like two thousand people. Yeah. And I was like, "Fuck, dude, I don't know." But they paid four grand. I'm like, "Fuck it." For sure. Um, and it was it was a good good experience. We got a good vlog out of it. So, uh, all right, guys, we will see you next week. Give Bryce a follow. Love y'all. Peter, gonna shuffle in. I'm gonna throw a two, one, and I'm gonna come over the top.